0: From Schwartz Media and 7am, I'm Ruby Jones, and this is The Vote. Sometimes the contest for a single seat can be about more than who wins. The fight for Hunter is just that. It's a seat that houses some of Australia's oldest coal mines, and so what happens in Hunter has huge consequences for all of us. The contest there is raising questions about how seriously we're taking the climate crisis quickly we can transition to renewable energy, and whether workers in these industries will be looked after. Today, investigative journalist Marion Wilkinson on the race for Hunter, what the parties are promising people there, and what that means for all of us. It's Monday, May nine. Marion, you've recently been spending time in the electorate of Hunter in New South Wales and that covers most of the area inland of Newcastle and, and all through the Hunter Valley. So could you just tell me what it is that drew you to Hunter and what's at stake there?
1: Yeah, I think Hunter's a very interesting place. It's a place that's really on the front line of change in the big energy transition we all have to go through And it's also hugely contested ground for both sides of politics, especially coalition versus Labor. So it's a very difficult place, I think, for the locals who are going through all this. But it's also an electorate that in the past has been dominated by coal mining, dominated by big coal power plants, dominated by nearby heavy industry, powered by coal plants. So that's why I really wanted to go there and test the mood on the ground. Mm. And it's been
0: a Labor seat for more than 100 years, I believe, but the the current member, Joel Fitzgibbon, he is stepping down this election. So what does that mean for the seat? Can you describe the battle that's that's happening right now?
1: Yeah, you're right. Hunter is or was, Labor heartland until the last election. Joel Fitzgibbon held the seat, and I think his father before him had the seat, but the last election saw Labor's primary vote essentially get slashed when a local One Nation coal miner stood against Fitzgibbon and garnered a lot of blue-collar votes And what's happened as a result is that the seat is now really marginal. It sits on a 3% margin and Labor is really fighting to keep the seat this time around from a threat from the nationals, more than one nation.
0: Mm. And so can you tell me a bit then about the candidates that are standing?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting field. Labor, of course, has come up with a former coal miner. We need more good, secure local jobs. And we need to protect the jobs and industries already here. I'm your federal Labor candidate, Dan Rapicoli. Who is a very affable character. He's an Olympic sports shooter. Labor's Made in Australia plan means making more things in Australia to create more jobs, especially in areas like The Hunter. And I think they're really trying to reconnect with their roots after their blue-collar vote really plummeted at the last election. The Nationals are running a very serious campaign, but they've got a young candidate.
0: Hi, I'm James Thompson, your Nationals candidate for Hunter. I live here, I work here, and my wife and I are raising our family here.
1: guy who used to work at the Maitland Christian School.
0: Our region has so much going on for it.
1: Agriculture, small business, mining and tourism. But he's now appearing in the high-vis and hard hat around the electorate in a lot of his advertising.
0: If those things matter to you, I need your support. At this election, vote one James Thompson.
1: The One Nation candidate, I think, will find it tougher this time around. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dale McNamara from One Nation. Just look behind me here, and you'll see the old Liddell power station. And Dale McNamara, the candidate, is well known. He used to be in the mining services industry himself. So let's build the new clean coal-fired power station and keep the lights on and help the economy of the Upper Hunter. And he's now the owner of quite a few (laughs) pubs in the seat, Uh, so he will be running a pretty strong campaign.
0: Mm. Okay, and so a 3% margin. It certainly sounds like the contest is very tight. It really could go in any direction. So does that mean that the the campaigns are getting a bit vicious, Marion?
1: Well, (laughs) I think they're getting very fruity indeed. I mean, Thompson has now been seen around the electorate, both with Matt Canavan, of course, and with Barnaby Joyce. Matt Canavan, as you know, is the big climate sceptic from central Queensland who wears his heart on his sleeve on this issue. So it's interesting that Canavan came to the electorate and also has been in photo shoots with Thompson, where Thompson is in his hard hat and his high-vis vest, making a pitch that basically says only the nationals will protect your mining job. Mm. And is there any truth
0: to the the attack that's being run? Is there a chance that people will lose
1: their their jobs or is it more likely that they would under a Labor member? Look, I think the conversation in The Hunter, especially in the heat of this election campaign, is a difficult one to have about the future. There are a lot of people dependent on the coal industry, not only people who work in the mines but people who service the mines and people who work in the big power stations. The problem, I think, is that people are beginning to realise that this change is coming quicker than anyone expected, and they're being asked, I think, by the nationals to believe that a coalition government can slow down this change. There are coal mines closing there already, in part because the Hunter mines coal for electricity generation. And companies, even the big coal miners themselves, know that because of the reality of climate change and the reality of the transition to clean energy, they have to get out of thermal coal. The problem is that there's a sort of scientific reality of climate change and there's a reality Of the global stock market and the local stock market moving in the other direction. So, yeah, it's a hard conversation though when your daily life depends on these jobs. We'll be back in a moment.
0: As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read POST, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with POST. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, Marion, we've been talking about the the campaign in the seat of Hunter. It sounds like Labor is is worried and, and nervous that they could lose the seat. It's a slim margin, and that's because the Nationals and also One Nation are going in hard on this this line that the jobs will be lost. But we know that that is already happening in the region. We've seen multiple announcements in recent times of closures and, and the loss in the future of, of mining jobs. So can you just run me through what is actually happening in the Hunter at the moment
1: on the ground? You're absolutely right. You can see in the electorate itself that big coal-fired power plants are closing down. So there's a real sense, I think, from people in the community that they know the change is afoot. Iraring has been powering the state for 40 years. For about the same amount of time, Jim McKenzie has worked as a power plant operator. Yesterday, he was told his career is ending early. Just recently in February, we saw the big Araring Power Plant, which is on the shores of Lake Macquarie, saying that it was going to close down probably by 2025. That'll put hundreds of people out of work. Around 400 people work at the plant, half are contractors, and many more people are employed indirectly. Has the CEO of Origin Energy, Frank Calabria, said bluntly it just can't compete with the falling price of renewables. Another blow for the government's push to have AGL extend the life of its Liddell power station in the Hunter Valley. The power station up the valley in Liddell, owned by AGL. That's closing too. The energy giant again seemingly committed to closing the 45-year-old coal fired plant in 2022. So I think this change is really happening throughout the electorate.
0: Mm. But it's not a simple picture, is it, Marion? Because
1: while there are
0: closures coming, there are also plans for new mines to open.
1: Yeah, that is the amazing thing uh, when you're up there is listening to people talking about the plans for the expansion of coal mines there. Glencore, one of the biggest miners in the valley, it's planning to expand its Glendale mine. Now, they argue, look, we're having to close other mines, so we need this mine to keep up a certain level of production and to transfer workers over. That's all well and good. But If you look at what the IPCC is saying, the reality is that we need to be actually closing more mines and not doing any more mine extensions or new mine developments. So that is a clash that is going on right now in Hunter and I keep wondering how long that contradiction can go on for. But, I mean, we're doing exactly the same with gas developments. In Australia as well. And sooner or later, the shareholders of these companies, the shareholders of Glencore, the shareholders of the big gas companies are going to be putting more and more pressure on their boards to actually not only slow down, but stop these extensions of mines and the opening of new mines. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's interesting hearing you talk about this because you have these, these politicians of all stripes, I suppose, trying to convince voters that they won't lose their jobs under them but we know that mines are, and power stations are closing and jobs will go. So is there an alternative future
1: being offered as well? Well, this is, I think, the most interesting thing in the story for me is, of course, there are a lot of very serious people working out how this change is going to be managed. But they're mainly in things like the state government, the local government, the community, amongst some of the unions. They're the ones who are looking very seriously at this. As you may know, the New South Wales Energy Minister and Treasurer, Matt Keane, is at the forefront of pushing renewable energy in New South Wales. The New South Wales government is looking at a renewable energy zone for the whole Hunter region, and even the federal government, Angus Taylor, the energy minister, and Scott Morrison uh, talk a lot about new hydrogen energy hub for the Hunter. But the trouble is, everyone I talk to says there is not enough serious integration of what Canberra is doing, what the federal government is doing, with what the state government is doing, or for that matter, private companies and communities who are trying to work on the transition. Mm. And what sense
0: did you get from speaking to people in the electorate about whether there was acceptance of, of the future, of a future in the Hunter without coal
1: mining? I think that's a really difficult question for a lot of people in the electorate because like people everywhere, they live week to week, day to day, year to year, uh, trying to build a family, build a life, pay the bills. I think it is very hard in that electorate to have a blunt conversation about how quickly this change is coming. In The Hunter, they want answers and they want a serious conversation that brings everyone together. And the one thing I did find when I was up there is no one believes that's happening at the moment.
0: Marion, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Mahler's music embodies the very essence of humanity. Experience his epic Song of the Earth with the Australian Chamber Orchestra, Richard Tognetti, and internationally acclaimed opera stars Stuart Skelton and Catherine Carby. Opens May 12. Book now at aco.com.au. Also in the news today, China's leadership has doubled down on its COVID-0 strategy. Over the weekend, officials from the Chinese Politburo said the party would fight any speech that questioned or rejected the strategy of COVID-0. Shanghai, the country's biggest city, has been effectively locked down for six weeks. And a Liberal National Party candidate is facing the prospect of a federal police investigation over electoral fraud. The Australian Electoral Commission said on Sunday that it's referred a complaint to the AFP over Lily Vivian Lobo, who's the LNP's candidate for the seat of Lily. There are allegations Lobo provided a false address to the AEC. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.